Come and dream with me. Hello and welcome to What You Want to Watch, the Explosion Network's premier media podcast. Every week we get together, talk about movies, TV, and online content, and help you answer the question Is Starship Troopers a satire? Yes. Idiots. I'm your host, Ashley. I believe joining me today, Don Blatt. Is this, is this up for debate? Yeah. Did you didn't see this tweet? Somebody was like, no. this completely fails as a satire. <laughs> Kids it's, these days, you know what I know? mean? There's been a lot of Starship Troopers discourse on on next the last couple of days. All driven by Helldivers 2, which we talk about on Platinum Explosion, a PlayStation podcast. <laughs> so listen to that. But this is what you want to watch on today's episode. We're talking about what's to watch history, going over some film news, giving some thumbs to trailers, and letting you know this week's top three. Uh, kicking things off, I went to see Madam Web, the latest entry in Sony's Spider-Man cinematic universe from the people who brought you Venom. Venom, let there be carnage. <laughs> and Morbius. We get the story of Madam Web, who in the comics is an old lady who can see the future. <laughs> but now she's portrayed by Dakota Johnson. <laughs> um, yes. So everybody had been memeing about this movie. Mm. Uh, nobody had particularly high expectations. Mm. It's not a good movie. Just come out and say that. Wow, okay. Uh it's um pretty pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> it is <laughs> it's 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 just very rough and you know um it feels I don't know have, there's also been the discourse around uh this well I'll just give my overall thoughts. The movie is very corny at times, the it's got a very convoluted storyline. Um, I think the performances are solid. I think the movie it's, is actually good when it's these characters interacting with each other. I particularly enjoyed the chemistry between Dakota Johnson and Adam Scott in their small segment together. Um, it just, uh, you know, it feels like a movie that has been, like, you know, messed with to the extreme. Um, which, if you read about you know, the movie at all, you know, it certainly has been. Like, from what I read, the movie originally was pitched as uh, Madam Web saving Peter Parker's mother because it's like the Terminator. She's getting being targeted uh, to stop the birth of Peter Parker. And that would explain why these characters are in 2003. A fact that this movie makes sure to remind you and let you know of because they drop every single possible hit from the year 2003. X? No? Gonna give it to you? you no. You're doing X on this? Shitty soundtrack, then. <laughs> there's a lot... Like, any time there's, like, any, like, mo- like movement, there's, like, some sort of song playing from the early 2000s. You know? Most prominently Toxic by Britney Spears. Um, yeah, it, that was, it was originally meant to be, like, a Terminator movie, but then they, I guess, they were like, we need to... Sh- we need... You know what the people want? They want more female superheroines. So let's shoehorn these three Spider-Man female characters into this movie. 
and make it so the movie is actually about Madame Web having to save them being from getting killed by Ezekiel Sims because they're going to kill him in the future. Yeah. So Ezekiel Sims so, is, pro- is just spying Peter Parker, right? Oh, it gets weird. <laughs> like, I, I've just assumed that from... He gets spider abilities because he found... He managed to get this special spider in the Amazon. When she was working in the Amazon with spiders? Yes. Do you know? It, yeah. It all clicks together. Um, if you're going to this movie because you saw the trailers and you're like, I want to see all these girls become superheroines, that doesn't happen. That's all footage of them from, of visions of the future. Don't go to this movie expecting them to be some action sequence where they're all superheroes and they're like using their spider powers and stuff. That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, good point. You know, you know that thing where you know uh, someone's just gotten the powers and they're confu- very confused about how they how to use them or how they're working, especially when it's like a time travel element, mm. that kind of thing. That's difficult. They do a really good good job of making. It very confusing because it is fucking confusing how they implemented in this movie it is some of the logic is baffling at times um yeah it's very very rough but yeah it feels like a movie that was uh yeah shoehorned in these female superheroes to try and catch a trend uh that doesn't make sense because then why would you still keep it in the year 2003 why wouldn't you just move it to present day because then you have the potential of these characters interacting with Spider-Man or other people in your cinematic universe. But now that these people are, these teenagers are in 2003, Sydney Sweeney and, uh, you know, the others, uh, <laughs> stuck in 2003, they're going to be like in their mid thirties by the time Spider-Man becomes a thing, you know, push it 40, actually, by the time the Spider-Man becomes a, uh, a thing. So, you know, they're going to, either have to do heavy makeup or recast all these people if they want to do it like a team up. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Do I think it's worse than Morbius? I don't know. I feel like that's I would a probably... That's sentence that you've got to... Uh, that, that's even like part of it. The... If that's... Yeah. I don't, it's... I'd probably, you know... I mean, it's, I think it might be shorter. <laughs> so, so it wins. You know... I can put up with all these actors, you know. I don't know if I can put up with Jared Leto again. <laughs> I don't know if I can put up with Jared Leto again, but on the other hand, there's nobody in this movie that's a Matt Smith-like figure, you know? Yeah, Matt Smith was... Matt Smith had something. The one thing going for this is there are some solid laughs to this movie. Completely unintentional. Well, the, there's one intentional one where uh, Jojo Johnson talks about her mother dying in childbirth at a baby shower. Uh might be the biggest laugh I've heard in a cinema for a very long time because <laughs> that's pretty dark uh, to talk about that at a baby shower. Um, and then I, I kind of hope they that she got paid well, you know, because it's very obvious she doesn't care about the movie, which is fine. I wouldn't care about it either, but like I hope she got paid well. I'm sure she did because she's done a lot of press. Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney, uh, the other. <laughs> Sorry, the two very great young actresses who are surely, hopefully, going into better things. Um, Yeah, it's just very weird. And then the super, the the bad guy is boring. 
Um, you know, he does have spider powers, but apparently nobody else can see them. <laughs> he does attacks a bunch of cops at New York in the New York City substate subway station. It's like they're still chasing after Dakota Johnson's character. Um, not this masked spider character who took out a bunch of cops. Uh, and also he seduces like a NSA person so he can get access to like all the you know facial rec- rec- recognition software so we can track these girls down it's like very silly um Sounds yeah funny. and the whole peter park uh, the whole uncle ben thing is very without the the thing of them trying to save peter parker it feels very forced i mean adam scott i think would make a pretty solid uncle ben a young uncle ben um it's very weird because they're the relationship between Cassie and Uncle Ben isn't very clear. It's like, are they like together? They like kind of address it like in a very vague, non-committal way. Um, but yeah, it's it's fine. You know, it it it's definitely not worth going to see in cinemas. But you know, if you're you know tired, <laughs> if you're tired, and you want to put some have something playing, you know. <sighs> You know, uh, or if you really, really want a sequel, go see them. <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah. Even like, have you seen the shot? Someone put the shot of like the the final fight on the yeah, I have of like the the terrible editing and like yeah. you know, there's like she's waiting. Dakota Johnson's waiting for a certain event to happen, and she's like waiting for it in the most unsubtle way that anybody has ever waited for an event to happen where she's constantly looking at that thing that's about to like fall over i gotta say i I usually hate when movie scenes start leaking like straight out of cinema but but this is one that you had no intention of seeing so i don't care no it was pretty funny the other thing is there's like a weirdly erotic uh cpr scene I i saw you tweet this yeah yeah, so Dakota Johnson's like a paramedic. So she's like, and she's figured out that the guy has some sort of poison that will stop their heart. So she's like, I'm going to teach you all CPR. Uh, so, you know, if you get hit by the poison, you can like save each other. Yeah, girls. Or- yeah, so they're only in this one motel room. Mm. And she gets them to all go on the floor. She gets a pillow and then she gets them to st- start pumping them. So you're telling me that Dakota Johnson just wanted to make out with girls? Or Sony wanted people to watch. No, so no, they didn't do like the mouth to mouth. It was just the the chest compressions. So there's three these three girls shot from the chest up, constantly doing chest compressions, and they're like, "Yeah, keep pumping it like that. <laughs> keep keep doing in that. You know, Dakota Johnson doing her best Fifty Shades of Grey uh, voice. Um, yeah, you're doing a good job. Now pass it over. Let the other one take over." It's like, <laughs> you know, just weird. I can't believe you've talked about this movie for ten minutes. It, it's you know, I mean the other, I mean the discussion around <laughs> the, the other thing I want to bring up is the discussion around this. Obviously, uh, the clip has been going around that Chris Stuckman was like, "Hey, I don't really want to talk about. I don't want to yeah. really want to bash this movie." I got some thoughts on that. Yes, do you want to share your thoughts on that? Um, I think he's halfway right. I, th- I, in my, I, I'm of the, like, if you want to, re- like, you, you should, he should have reviewed the movie and said the movie was shit 
but I believe part of the problem is the structure in which it's made. I Here's think- my opinion. Yeah. He at the very start of your review, he goes, "This is a salad." I know you want a hamburger, but this is a salad. <laughs> you know, this isn't a review. This is like my overall thoughts of the making of Madam Web and yeah. how. It well, could yeah, have gone he, wrong. he says it's not a review. I, I, I think, rev- I think if you're a, if your job, which he is, if you're a critic, right? I don't think he's a critic anymore. He's just somebody who talks about movies on YouTube. You know. <laughs> But I mean, he reviews movies mostly, right? So every other video mostly is movie review, movie review, movie review. But I especially think- the last like twelve months, it's only been stuff that he actually likes, you know? Yeah, okay. So well, I don't know that, so that's fine. I, the, my only problem is like if you start cherry picking what not to, like if you're like I don't want to talk shit about this, it's like there's a difference between talking shit. But I definitely feel like more people should, and this isn't necess- This isn't just a uh, movie. Uh, movie industry thing. I think this could be any industry. Um, taking into account the the how something was made, who's involved, mm-hmm. all these other factors um, are important. Like this is no different to me. Like saying I think this movie, Man and Web, is shit, and it was probably shit because Sony is causing a fucking mess and they have no idea what they're doing and we know the system fuck these people i'm sorry like i'm sure these actresses all these actresses are great most other things you can just i mean it's them and the writers as well who from all reports have had to like change the script several times and probably were rewritten at some point like even dakota johnson's like i don't even know what version of the script i read initially you know i don't i don't feel like that's any different and more people should like that whole thing of like if i've read the book of which a movie is based on, should I just magically ignore the fact I've read the book or should how should my thought, because you know, when you sit down to watch a movie, if you've read the book, of course that's going to affect how you view it. Cause you've read the source yeah. material. Should you just people who try to magically pretend and separate them? It's like, no, you review it, but like, it's just your opinion, right? And your opinion is based on what you know. And what you know is the, the movie. If you, it's the same as like when the, like the Harry Potter reviews for games were happening and people were like, yeah, I just want to talk about JK Rowling. Cause it's, I don't think it's important to the game. It's like, well, it is, especially if you're like, if your opinion of, of uh, JK and her views on trans people is if you think she's a terrible person, of course it's going to affect your views on said video game. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like any of these things, these are all similar things to me. Like outside sources, part of the the making of them, or what have you. Yeah, I don't think anything can be consumed completely in a vacuum. No. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, and like some stuff can. Like if 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 I picked, literally went out my way to find a movie I've never heard of. I I look, and sometimes this happens. You know, I've I've scrolled before, and I a movie that you've never heard of with no people that you've seen ever anything of ever before. And this very very small chance, and yet it does happen every now and then. Those rarities, I can consume something in a vacuum. Like I've never watched a trailer, never heard of it. I don't know any of the actors. I'm like, I think I know that person, but like to the stage, I'm like, I don't know their name. Like there are times, but for the most part if you're someone who's heavily involved in movies or games industry or whatever, most of the time, every time you go to watch or play something or what have you, you're going to have, you don't consume it in a vacuum. You're always going to go, I know that person. I've watched the trailer for this already. Um, you know, like I know that director, so on and so forth. Yeah. So yeah, look forward to Craven the Hunter. I just... <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah excited about that. I mean, surely. Surely it cannot be. Why would you say that? Like, surely, surely, you no, know, no, it's not gonna happen. It's 
Nem is Anyway, uh, Disney Plus. I watched this movie called Cipher. So it's a movie about uh, the rapper Tierra Whack. Um, you know, Grammy nominated uh, uh, rapper from uh, Philadelphia. Uh, got her start. Um, she like uh, appeared on like what was it? a free. We run the streets. Was like a freestyle. Uh, like. You know, they go around the streets of Philadelphia or whenever and get people to rap on, like, freestyle rap on camera. She did that, and then that became, like, a viral hit, and then that kind of launched her career or whatever. Um, so they kind of... It's a documentary crew following her around. Uh, she's preparing, like, her next album or, like, to go on tour around the world or whatever. Um, she does, like, a show in Chicago with, like, uh, had, like you know, high spots. Um, then this lady comes and sees her uh, while they're like relaxing after the show at like a, a diner in the middle of Philadelphia, she starts talking to Tierra and she's like, "Listen, you need to be careful because there are like secret societies in the in the, in the entertainment industry um, who kind of want to who want to use you uh, for their own ends, their own means, um, you know that kind of stuff." Um, she's like trying to warn her about it, uh, and Tierra acts like you know. <laughs> trying to be polite and that kind of stuff, but just also like thinks she's a crazy person. Um, cut forward like a couple of months and this lady has disappeared uh, to the extent where the police is calling up to like uh, wanting to get footage of the encounter. Uh, her daughter is like kind of, is like trying to contact them and it's like very heavy into these conspiracy theories about the uh, oculists who are, you know, uh, choose certain members in the entertainment industry, a long running society that have a certain ritual that they do on uh high, high standing uh, or up and coming talent. Uh, you know, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is, this is a movie. Okay. You know? Yeah. But so then, yeah, a bunch of, a series of weird stuff starts to happen. Like, uh, the the filmmakers start to come notice that they've been tagged in like this footage of them also being filmed while they're filming like they go into like a target at one point and they're like walking through there like filming and that kind of stuff and then like it gets up there's a post on instagram of them being filmed and doing that and there's a bunch of other footage of tierra whack also being filmed like um like even like footage inside from inside like an uber or something like that um very weird stuff um so yeah it's it, this whole story kind of starts to unravel from there um very interesting movie D didn't go in the way i was very expecting definitely worth checking out it's it's definitely going for something interesting like uh it, it's definitely you know try you know <laughs> <laughs> You're lost for words today. I tell you what, you're like, here's this thing. It's pretty good. Check it out. Uh, Madam Web. It's, uh, uh, I'll say this and we can edit out if not. It's not a full, not a, it's not a true story. <laughs> and I didn't realize that till after because it is everywhere that I've seen, like, look, was looking for like some of the documentary or whatever to watch. It's listed as a documentary. But it's all yeah. bullshit and leads up to like, you know, an event where she willingly kind of like does the thing from the ritual like on camera 
because the the documentary would be the highest viewed thing that she could possibly do it the thing in. So, and all the credits are listed all these people as actors <laughs> at the at the end. I'm like, oh okay, but yeah, it was an interesting ride. It's a ruse. I mean, kind of. I guess you could feel bad that you you know you were. This documentary along. catfished me. But also, you know, the, the, there's a bunch of cool like, bits and there's like certain things pop up and that kind of stuff. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And that kind of thing. So definitely an interesting thing that they're going for here. So I would recommend checking that out. I've watched it on uh, Disney Plus. Cypher. Um, from 2023, to be clear. I think there are several movies called Cypher. Uh, so let's move into the mandatory Netflix segment of the show. Uh, and I watched Players, the new rom-com on, uh, Netflix, came out Valentine's Day, so you know, that's a thing. Uh, we follow <laughs> Gina Rodriguez, who plays a New York sports writer who spent years devising successful hookup players with her friends. When she unexpectedly falls for one of her targets, she must learn that, what it what it takes to go from simply scoring to playing for keeps. Uh, yeah, so it's like a very classic, you know, story of a girl trying to win over a guy with a bunch of lies, you know, or trick trying to trick him, like classic. running plays and trying to get meet together in certain situations, like trying to advance them being together. But, did, but the thing is, you know, she always questioned if she could get the guy. She didn't never thought to stop and question if she should have gotten the guy. I worded that terribly, but that's the like moral of the story. Uh, yeah, Tom Ellis from Lucifer plays the 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 dude who's like a war reporter. She's Pulitzer Prize nominated. Um, her crew of friends is really good. There's Liza Koshy uh, and uh, which Damon Wayans. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which Wayans it was. Damon Wayans, who's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. When the group's together, they have really fun chemistry and, like, lots of jokes and that kind of stuff. One of the guys is, is, you know, bisexual, so one minute he'll want to run a play for a guy, and then the next minute he'll want to play, run a play for a girl, um, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it ends That's up... That's a dumb joke. <laughs> That's a dumb bit. I mean, no, he just, you know, once he fails with the girl, and he's like, there's a guy there who's I'd like, like to, to run a play at, you know? What have you got against bisexuals who want to talk up? That's a dumb bit. <laughs> I think it's a bit. It's just, you know, modern day. Uh, but, you know, the story is kind of predictable, the outcome of the movie. You know, once you, <laughs> you uh, see the relationships, you're like, oh, okay, that's, those people are going to end up together. Uh, and that kind of thing. So it's a fun time. It's a fun date movie. Uh, a good Netflix and chill film. Um, you know? very sweet and you know she's a she's, she is a sports reporter but she's working in the dying industry of newspapers and like uh there's the the newspapers just having a ton of layoffs all the time so it's like barely anybody actually in the newsroom because everybody's gotten fired or is working remotely um and she's like like on local news sports stories so she's like covering like chess boxing and uh, other random sports things <laughs> that are not like the big uh, baseball games and that kind of stuff, national important news. So it's enjoyable, you know? 
which, you know, it's a fun time. And then I also watched the latest Taylor Tomlinson special, Have It All, which released also on Valentine's Day or the day before Valentine's Day. Uh, which, you know, Taylor Tomlinson, she's biggest, I would say the biggest female comedian right now. Uh, third special, third Netflix special. She talks about, uh, you know, how she's not dating anyone at the moment. She's been single for like a year and that kind of stuff and how that, how not dating has been good for her mental health and like for interests and that kind of stuff. She talks about, uh, you know, the struggles of dating and like, you know, the overall theme of the, the special is, uh, the idea of having it all like, you know, of, you know, having the dream job, having the dream relationship, having the dream family and that kind of stuff and how that isn't realistic. Um, and just, you know, you, you don't really want to have it all. Um, yeah, is she's really funny. Uh, there's a lot of random stuff. Like at one point she's talking to the crowd about, she does some crowd work, which is like, uh, hey, so I have trouble sleeping. So I want, I'm trying really hard to find out some random, I've tried everything to try and get better at sleeping. Can you please tell me how, what random, never heard of before stuff that I could do to get to sleep? Uh, and, you know, people throw out some random stuff. <laughs> uh a lot of, and then they also throw out a lot of basic stuff like listen to music. It's like just completely just running them down for being completely stupid and terrible, uh, including the outtakes. Like over the credits, she just runs out because obviously they shoot like two, two shows. Yeah, and edit, edit. So the one that's in the special is like the crowd's like pretty good. They come up with some out there like some solid suggestions. The other crowd is shit, like completely terrible, like. Close your eyes. No, it's like like that level of stuff. Uh, she also tells a fantastic story about uh, going to see Hugh Jackman in the Music Man, and how you know Hugh Jackman is very attractive and is very impressive in real life, and how she bid several thousands of dollars to uh, have one of his gloves, uh, you know, from that show because they were, they were selling oxygen off at the end of the show for charity. Um, you know, sure. So like, and the, she's just, she's talking to the, she imagines herself talking to the glove and she says, what's it like to have Hugh Jackson's fingers inside you? <laughs> so yeah, solid stuff, you know, good time. Taylor Tomlinson, she's fantastic blowing up. She's obviously doing uh, After Midnight on CBS at the moment as well. So, you know, I don't know when the next special is going to be. She's clearly very busy working a lot. Uh, but yeah, she's fantastic. Check out Have It All on Netflix. And that's everything I watched history because Dylan didn't watch anything this week. I think this might be the first time. Surely not. I know. I watched the game, the Dice Game Awards. Yeah. Yeah, they were good. Check out Arcade Couch. Check, yeah, check out Arcade Couch. Let's go into some film news. And obviously the big story this week is that Marvel Studios revealed who... The Fantastic Four cast is for the Fantastic Four movie directed by Mac Shank- Mark, yeah, Matt Shankman, Shankman, uh, who did WandaVision. We have uh, Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards, Vanessa Kirby as Susan Richards, Ebon Moss Bacharach as Ben Grimm slash The Thing, and Joseph Queen as Johnny Storm. Tell them, what are your gut reactions to the cast of Fantastic Four? Yeah, I saw it and thought it was fantastic. I was like, yeah, that's spot on. 
cool. Looking forward to it. I love the art. I love the sixties and inspiration. I'm keen. Yes, I would. I'm also keen. Like, uh, yeah, solid choice. Vanessa Kirby. You know, she's been dying to get in like a big franchise for she's a while. Impossible. She's in Mission Impossible, but you know she's a small part of Mission yeah, Impossible. You know? She's part of. She it. needs a like a lead role, mm. fantastic lead role. You know, and he's a supporting one. <laughs> she's at least in the top four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, top four people in that cast. Right, right. Depends if Doctor Doom's in it or not. Then she's fifth. No, apparently, from what I've what they reported, Galactus is meant to be the big bad of this movie. Sure, uh, and apparently they're targeting Harvey about him. Uh, which I think is very funny to me because the idea of there being like this massive monster that wants to, old massive being that wants to come to earth and eat earth Mm. um, in the sixties that nobody's talking about in the present day is hilarious to me. Given the discussions that we've had in the several months since uh, Eternals and the guy popping out of the building. <laughs> no one's noticed him yet. It's crazy. No one has noticed him. No one has noticed or talked about him in any Really, movies. if they release this movie and they never explain why no one ever remembers it, it just does more to go. See, that's why they don't know. People don't, it's never like weird shit happens in this universe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been interesting to see the kind of like some of the backlash, I guess, or like disappointment with the casting uh, I mean, particularly Pedro Pascal, who I think will be very good in this movie. Um, I feel like with him, it's just a case of like oversaturation to a certain extent, and like uh, also there's a segment of people who just wanted John Skinsky to be mm-hmm. uh, Red Richards, who you know. I mean, I've got nothing against John Skinsky. I've watched The Office much, so. Uh, I don't have the uh, incredible attachment, um, but you know, it's cool that Pedro, you know, a person of color, is Reed Richards, especially with the potential of where that character could go. Um, and then the other one was Joseph Quinn, who a lot of people are saying is not handsome enough to play Johnny Storm, which I guess is it when the two previous Johnny Storms of Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan are. You know the barrier, the 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 people you're comparing him to. I mean, no offense, to, you know, <laughs> the to old Joseph Queen. I, but, I, you know. I I think people saying that are just only seen him in Stranger Things. Yes, because well, like and you, to be fair, he hasn't been in anything in, but Stranger Things. Yeah, but once you, if you see him with that, with his haircut and everything, I'm like, well, no, he's got like. And a, you then you also think he's going to be in the 60s. You know? Yeah. So in that time period, he'll be, you know, yeah. he'll fit. It'll work. Girls love the Beatles. They had crooked teeth. You know what I mean? Like the bar, the bar <laughs> yeah. has risen since the sixties, Un- unnecessarily and uh, mm. unattainably. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's very weird. And there's also like the people. I think there's just also backlash because he was Ed, the Eddie Bunsen in Strange Things, and it feels like so part of the audience is like turned against him for his like kind of taking over that season of Stranger Things. I don't know. It, some of the people in the center weird is what I'm saying. Um, At least he's not out here tweeting probe Israel stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> not saying Zionist is sexy. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he's got that going for him. Um, yeah. I mean, the other interesting thing on the back of it is kind of the revisionist history on the Fantastic War movies 
and the casting in those, which was not. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. So the other day, when the this came up, and then I was like, "Yeah, man, it's been ages since the those two Fantastic Four movies." Hey, and then I go through the whole day. La la la. We even record a podcast or something and talk about it briefly. Mm-hmm. And then I lay down in bed. I'm scrolling on Twitter and I see a picture and someone posts. Here's the three versions of these characters, and I go, three. Ver- oh, there was that one movie, wasn't there? You I never completely. I never four, watched it. And it I completely co- forgot it even existed. Fantastic. Like, yeah, and not even memeing. Like I went through the whole day going, yeah, it's been like what, probably since 2007 or something. Like I completely wiped it from my memory. That's wild. That is crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean the original cast. Well, the, not the original, I guess. <laughs> the the main movie cast, uh, in Grufford as Reed Richards, he was a good choice. Michael Chiklis, very good choice for Ben Grimm, and then obviously you know Chris Evans at the time was a fantastic Human Torch. This Alba, she was fine. Uh, the choice to like lighten her skin as much as possible and make her blonde and that kind of stuff, kind of weird. Uh, probably would not happen in current day. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh that kind of stuff um and then you know the second iteration of fantastic four i think had a solid cast just i i like the first half of that movie it just goes on too long uh we'll watch it we'll do it we'll do a re-watch we, of we are pl- we we there. made the mistake of not talking about it when we were all together the other day hmm. uh our plans for that um but i'll watch it then the same oh, as yeah. the, this the movie isn't coming out till next year so i mean we've got a while to wait do uh, what do you think about it being set in the 60s? Yeah. No, Interesting said, choice. I'm, I'm excited for that. I think that's cool. Any any, any new time period, I think, is going to help the MCU feel somewhat fresh. Even when they did Captain Marvel in the 90s, that felt like separate enough to the current characters that it like felt exciting. So 60s, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm on board with the 60s. I'm just... I kind of also hope that they don't just quickly bring them to modern day and i fully expect they will i assume they will in the last half hour yeah in the last 10 last minutes time. suddenly they're in present day yeah i would be i'd be down for like this we're going to do a trilogy of movies in the 60s and then we'll bring them to present day hmm. yeah let's fresh out flesh out this time period we'll bring back uh hallie atwell so she can run shield at the same time you know We'll have fun. But yeah. Uh, also, uh, Herbie the Robot's going to be a movie, and I would like to throw my hat in the ring. <laughs> I would happily play Herbie the Provide my voice as a host of the number one Marvel podcast in Australia. Number one Australian Marvel MCU podcast on podcast services. You're not doing a good job. If you're listening, I'm you're not, not doing, doing a very good, good job of pitching yourself. But maybe that's what they want from a Herbie. You know? <laughs> maybe that's what they're looking for. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so that was the big news for this week. Uh, we do have some awards news. Uh, of course, the BAFTAs happened last night, and Oppenheimer uh, pretty much swept everything. Uh, reading from a Variety, Oppenheimer swept the BAFTAs on Sunday night, winning awards for director Christopher Nolan and actor Cillian Murphy, as well in taking home the film for best film overall. Overall, the movie took home seven Golden BAFTA Awards, with Poor Things coming in second place with five wins. Uh, yeah, so Oppenheimer, 
winning pretty much everything. Uh, David Tennant from Laura Pulse was a fantastic host. Uh, yeah, good times were had by all. Not very surprising <laughs> for, uh, you know, going forward. Uh, I will point out that uh, a couple of surprises uh, that uh, The Boy and the Heron won Best Animated Film. Uh, that was kind of the only surprise. Everything else was kind of what you would expect from, you know, the Baptist. Uh, but then over at the An- 51st Annie Awards, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, pretty much swept everything, grabbing seven awards topped by Best Animated Feature as a 66% Oscar prediction of the Annie wins bodes well for Sony and producers Phil Lord and Chris Miller. So, you know, I don't know, I can't remember, was Spider-Verse our number one animated film, or did you overrule it and put Boy in the Heron? No, no, I didn't overrule it, so I think that's what it was. I'll look while you... The intrigue. I mean, yeah, so... Uh, other interesting wins over at the Annie Awards. Uh, Robot Dreams won Best Feature Independence, which makes sense because, you know, it's nominated for the Oscar Award. Uh, Best Character Animation went to Boy and the Heron. Best Character Design went to Spider-Man across Spider-Verse. Uh, best... Uh, what's it? Best Voice Acting went to Chloe Grace Moretz for Nimona, which I thought was surprising when she was up against uh, David Hornsby for the Merry Little Batman, Tracy Gazelle for Migration, Hokutu Matsumoro for Suzume, uh, Suta in Suzume, so the ca- the chair <laughs> in Suzume, and also Jack Black in Super Mario Brothers movie. That wouldn't have been my picks for the best voice acting performances in feature films, but you know, no. Uh, also, uh, number one was Spider Man. It was Spider Man. Number okay. two was Suzume. Number three was The Boy and the Heron. Number four yep. was Elemental. And number five was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Good list. Uh, Nimona that won... List, you, okay, yeah, for a second there, he was like, ready to fucking stab me. Like, did you overrule it? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember. <laughs> it's a third. Boy and Heron's third. <laughs> it should be second, at least. But anyway. I mean, I don't know how it did get second. Because... <laughs> Nah. Math? Math. Okay. <laughs> um, best animated, uh, best mature audience animated television broadcast production was Blue Art Samurai, which made me happy. Hmm. Uh, and that you bunch picked up a bunch of awards. Um, yeah. Annie, Annie's here, really good. Uh, the highlight, uh, was the voice actor for Bugs Bunny, uh, or who, a voice, prominent voice actor from the Looney Tunes coming out and saying, uh, Release Cody vs. Yeah. In the voice. I tell you what, so, yeah. not what was the highlight. So I haven't watched this. I've been at work all day. The only thing I saw on Twitter today, or X, whatever, while while the show was happening, was some stupid fucking person on the red carpet and asking Andrew Scott a very dumb question. At the Baptist, yeah. At the Baptist, did you see this? I saw a tweet about it. I didn't actually watch the clip. I couldn't bring myself to watch the clip. It was so, super awkward. It is. So he asked, he goes, Hey, I'm going to spoil It's not as awkward if I explain it, you know what I mean, rather than watching it. He, so, <laughs> Will you say I'm going to spoil it for you? <laughs> yes, I'm going to spoil the interview for you. So, Andrew Scott said, uh, you know, talk about his movie he's nominated for, several times nominated nominated movie. Uh, and um, the interview goes, 
Uh, you're, you're friends with uh, Barry Keogh, aren't you? And he goes, yeah, yeah, good friends with him. He goes, what was your reaction to seeing the naked dance scene at the end of... Um, Saltburn. Saltburn. And he goes, oh... And then doesn't say anything, because awkward, like, you're asking someone about, like, a new scene. Very weird. People in the comments like, if this was a female to female, then this just wouldn't happen. Like, hey, how do you react to so-and-so's new scene and that thing? And then he doesn't say anything. Instead of moving on, the interviewer then goes, there's been a lot of discussion around it being a prosthetic. Do you have anything to say on that? Do you know? Fucking weird. That's very weird, yeah. So, yeah. Awards. Awards. We need to do our predictions probably next week, just so you know. <laughs> We're getting that. It's creeping up much quicker than I was expecting, you know. It's only a few weeks away, the Academy Awards, so. Start prepping. Uh, the other thing that caught headlines this week was Christopher Nolan would love to make a horror movie if he can find an exceptional idea. He's done some. Some would Batman say. Begins. Oppenheimer. <laughs> Insomnia. Insomnia. He's done them. Right. Uh, yeah, so he was asked at a British Film Institute panel discussion in London if he would ever make a horror movie. Uh, Nolan said he loves playing with the genre and would do so if he stumbled across an exceptional idea. Uh, he said, Oppenheimer has elements of horror in it, definitely, as it is, as I think it is appropriate to the subject matter. I think horror films are very interesting that because they depend on very cinematic devices. It really is about a visceral response to things, and so at some point, I'd love to make a horror film. But I think a really good horror film requires a really exceptional idea, and those are far and few between, so I haven't found a story that lends itself to. And this... It to this week's top three. Definitely in the top three. This week's top three is top three horror franchises Christopher Nolan should direct. And let me just say at the front, this is a fun thought exercise about which franchises he could potentially direct. So Dylan, if your number one choice is something original, I'm going to be pretty pissed. <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to say I didn't quite play within your... <laughs> your... <laughs> thought experiment rules i have picked three movies that aren't franchises but i would pick as because I, cu- I couldn't think of any horror franchises i'd ever want him involved so i tried to pick three horror movies that i feel like he could do a good version of or at least examples of the oh, types of horror movies i think he would okay. be good at making is that is as that long as you idea? have three actual i movies. have three actual movies but they're not franchises Okay, that's fine. Okay, Dylan, what's your number three? Number three is The Wicker Man. So, The Wicker Man, 1973, great film, fantastic. Um, they remade it, of course, 2005, I think it was, uh, starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, the Bees! The very memed uh, film with the, the remake. So it lost a lot of its uh, um, the charm, I guess you would call it that. Because it's literally just... And the thing is, Original, Scottish police sergeant, Scottish people, English actors, all that sort of thing. And then the the Hollywood version is like just a bunch of, you know, Americans. It loses a lot of that, like, that the, the charm of it actually having a setting and characters and just feeling like it's sort of this island off Scotland and where these weird things could happen. Um, you know, like pagan rituals and shit like that. Um, 
but I feel like Nolan could go well this one because again, playing into what I think he would do quite well in Hollow, this could build up slow tension to the final climactic act of the film. And throughout all of it, there's a mystery, there's a sense of dread, there's a building, building, building. That's the kind of stuff I think he would be uh, quite good at. Um, it's a very character-driven piece as well, with one main lead uh, policeman at the, the front of it. So, um, Wicker Man. Okay. My number three is Alien. You know, he's done stuff in space before. It makes sense, you know. Uh, something a little bit more action-driven. He's done stuff in space before. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> a little bit more action-based, which is probably more his wheelhouse. Uh, you know, give him a big budget, let him go crazy, you know. Uh, what crazy alien stuff could you do in modern day uh, with gravity and time and all kinds of crazy shenanigans, you know. Uh, with prosthetic aliens and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that would be a cool time. So that's my number three. Then what's your number two? My number two is the John Carpenter film In the Mouth of Madness. Um, it's a film about a... Um, fuck, I don't really know how to describe it. It's about a someone who goes to investigate like a disappearance of an author who basically is like Alan Wake because what he's writing is coming to life. Um, so uh it's sort of a cult classic i think um definitely didn't re- reveal well at the time but is well loved in the the many years since it stars sam neil um john glover's in it as someone else i can't remember the rest of the cast but um the again i feel like slow build tension lots of scenes lots of weird oddities um characters who feel like they're out of their own place characters who start losing their mind and not under understanding what's happening um anymore because of these things that you know what's happening around them uh very breaking of the fourth world wall at times and, and stuff like that it definitely feels like it could be something no one could do well with because again i think at the center of it are these characters um and then the, the world around it and, and it would also be a good movie where you could get lots of boom scenes i think so that was my um I don't know if it, uh this cut that out, but that was my like um boom that was my you know Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Okay. My number two is Brightburn. Okay. We all wanted him to do Superman after he finished doing his Batman trilogy. So this is probably as close as he's gonna get <laughs> to doing that. Uh even though I guess he did technically write Man of Steel, you know. But yeah. The idea of Christopher Nolan doing Something with like a dark version of Superman. That sounds cool, even though, you know, dark Superman has been, or evil Superman has kind of been done to death. Uh, I think Nolan could bring the spectacle of that idea uh, to, you know, fruition. So that's my number two. Dylan, what is your number one? My number one's The Mist, the Stephen King mm. short um, that got turned into a film by Frank Darabont and then turned into a TV series that lasted one season, I think, about two years ago. Uh, yeah, about two years ago. Uh, the movie is liked by some people, but generally it wasn't, again, didn't review super well. But the 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 short itself is a very simplistic setup. But again, I think would work really well for... Uh, this could be another example of something I think Nolan could do quite well because it's literally... Hey, crazy mist starts spreading across town. Town, uh, sh- presumably, everyone presumes, and I would too if I was in this scenario. It's 
you know, people walk into it, they don't come out, they're probably dead. Um, crazy weird stuff. Maybe there's monsters, maybe there's not monsters, who knows what's going on. Again, lots of questioning, lots of what's actually at the the heart of this story. What's the what's the truth? What's not the truth, you know? But all these people get stuck together in a um a supermarket and then they gotta learn to work work together. So at least that's how it played out in the the uh the, fr- the the frank one the tv series that they did a couple of years ago they tried to explore characters in different locations and traveling around in a car and all these different things i mean whatever direction but again i i think i think the three things i've picked i'm trying to go like i think what no one could do quite well is either cosmic horror sort of stuff or stuff where the again the characters are the main central piece and there's like lots of mystery lots of build up to that like final sort of scene act. I think that's what would work well for him. Yeah. And your I'm number one is going to be some fucking trash. Just I thought you're like, Dylan hasn't got a, Dylan is going to give serious answer to my fucking thing. I picked three <laughs> really good films. I think I picked, I, yeah. I was quite happy. With I thought you were going to cop out. That's what no, I, I didn't cop out. I did two, three very good movies. I think three very thought out answers. What's bullshit. Number one for you. Number one. Yep. Final destination. <sighs> Can you imagine Christopher Nolan coming up with crazy, <laughs> crazy ideas for how to kill these people off in like completely random ways? And you'll do it in complete practical things as well. He will drop an airplane from the sky so it crashes into this one single person in a field. You know? The scale I, of this I like, movie It's so would be crazy. funny to me because, like, again, this is. He will a- sign off on <laughs> someone's head getting decapitated, he'll find a corpse. And he will put it on screen. This is like practically se- separation of like genre awareness for horror. But you and also I feel like unaware, like disawareness for Christopher Nolan himself. Because what you're describing is pretty much antithetical to what I'm describing as. What he I- loves the fa- fast <laughs> and furious films. You want to pretend him. he's like a high, high, he is high fanciful guy. He's when he's yeah. He'll he'll break he'll break it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah need stuff with characters at the center. And you're like, fall destination, man. Like, he's going to fucking drop a boss on someone. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> maybe he wants to just blow some steam off in one movie. You know? And maybe he can come up with some fanciful lore about the, you know, universe and, like, tempting fate and all that kind of stuff. And how, how it relates to time and the decisions that we made in the past. And it all ties back into Oppenheimer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> ties back into Tenet. Yeah, ties into Tenet. Yeah. It's a prequel. Yeah. It breaks time, yeah. uh, and that's why they're all running. Robert Patterson was the baby. Yes, that was this week's top three. Fantastic yeah. one, I think. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's move on to giving some thumbs to trailers. Of course, you can find all the trailers we're best to talk about in the show notes below. Uh, kicking things off this week with Sasquatch Sunset, directed by David Zellner and Nathan Zellner. Starring Riley Keough, Jesse Eisenberg, Christopher Zajek Denik, and Nathan Zellner. In the misty forests of North America, a family of Sasquatches finds themselves on a collision course with the ever-changing world around them. Now, Dylan, I talked about this movie coming out at Sundance. It's on my fantasy critic thing. I did not realize that they were actually going to play the Sasquatches. <laughs> I thought they were just going to be the people... Who come across Sasquatches in the in the forest? <laughs> no, each of these actors is playing a Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think of trailer for Sunset. I'm highly intrigued 
Um, I, I'm going to go one up, one down for the trailer. Because it's hard to do a good trailer for this, I think. But yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm highly intrigued. I feel like this is definitely going to be a movie that you'll either watch and like, there's no mid-ground on this movie, right? You know? Yep. You'll be either like, this is one of the best things released this year, or that was one of the worst things released this year. That was like, why yeah. did waste of my two hours yeah. of my life? That That's how people are going to come out of this. Yeah. I'll see how that is, because it's, it's, it's at least, what, 90 minutes at least, feature length. Yes. 90 minutes of Sasquatch's grunting. Yes. Very little dialogue yeah. seems to be environmental themes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. One up, one down. It is this definitely seems like a hard sell hmm. uh, and is obviously heavily reliant on like quotes uh, from Sundance and that kind of stuff, pumping up the, the movie and that kind of thing. But the shot of like them showing the cast next to <laughs> these complete Sasquatches is funny. <laughs> Especially when you imagine Riley Keo, very pretty lady uh, Sasquatch with prosthetic Sasquatch boobs. <laughs> Maybe they have real boobs. You don't know. I don't think so. You know, I don't think they could. Don't think they're that coloration. Maybe they can't wear them. So Sasquatch, <laughs> Sasquatch Sunset is releasing in American cinemas the twelfth of April. Currently, no Australian release date. Next trailer is for Iwaju, and I would like to apologize in advance for the following: created by. Ziki Nelson, Hamid Ibrahim, uh, Tolo Walakin Olo Wofiku, starring Simisola Gibad Mosi, Deo Ikini, Fimi Branch, CG Sotan, and Warich Opia. Tola, a young girl from a wealthy island, and her best friend Kole, a self taught expert, a self taught tech expert. Discover the secrets and dangers hidden in their different worlds. Uh, Dylan, what do you think of this new Disney limited series? Um, one up, one down uh, for the trailer. I think it's um, a very generic sort of animated series trailer. Um, if I didn't know that it was actually from um, a group of, like the series is coming from Nigeria, a um, bunch of like, you know, Nigerian fresh, fresh creators, eyes yeah. and talent behind it i'd probably be less interested but I, I i'm at least wanting to check out the first episode just to to see see what's on show here but i think the setting that we're like it's a future Ni- uh, nigeria but i'm like yeah, yeah I, get, I get that but at least as far as it's presented within the trailer it just looks like a standard sort of animated film to me so yeah i'll go i'll go one up one down yeah i agree one up one down i don't think the animation is super impressive especially it it's it's just fine you know, we've kind bad. of been spoiled it's in the great. last. It's, just... it's it's fine. Like, but it also doesn't. Have if this had to been released five years ago, we'd be yeah, that's really good. Yeah. But, but we've kind have of been spoiled. That, like stands out, just looks like anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, except the characters all black. So that's <laughs> that's well, the only difference. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like African setting. Um, I do enjoy this gecko robot. It look. It feels like he's got to be a robot, right? The way it's like. Find out, man. Eyes you know? clicking and slightly watch moving and growing and stuff, but find out. I'm here for that. You know, it's going to be the thing or hit thing everybody kids wants. They want this gecko. Um, so yeah, this is coming to Disney Plus on the 28th of February. Next trailer is for Apple's Never Fall. 
uh, created by Melanie Monich, starring Annette Benning, Sam Neill, Alison Brie, Jake Lacey, Georgia Flood, Connor Merrigan Turner, and Essie Randall's. Former tennis coaches Stan and Joy have sold their successful tennis academy and are ready to start what should be the golden years of their lives. While they look forward to spending time with their four adult children, everything changes when a wounded young woman knocks on Joy and Stan's door, bringing the excitement they've been missing. But when Joy suddenly disappears, her children are forced to re-examine their parents' so-called perfect marriage as their family's darkest secrets begin to surface. Uh, Dylan, what do you think of this latest series based on uh, the book from the creator of uh, Big Little Lies and The Seven? What was the other one? I can't um, remember what the other series was. <laughs> the other one, sorry. <laughs> Nicole Pippin. Yep, I'll, fit, I'll remember it later. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm keen. I think it looks really good. I it's, looks like a straight up sort of HBO. Nine Perfect fl- Strangers, that was it. <laughs> um, straight up perfect uh, HBO f- sort of thriller trailer. Um, great cast. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm keen. Double thumbs up. Yeah, I'll give it two thumbs up. I will say it's a Peacock series, so you know. Yeah, but it just looks uh, like a the trailer. It, it looks like it. looks like a yeah. Uh, good cast, interesting idea. Well, not not super original idea, but you know, it seems like it's going to have good execution, uh, based on a very respected book. Um, cool to see Alison Brie and something a little bit more dramatic. Uh, cool to see Sam Neill in like obviously this was shot in Queensland I believe from I hope so because the author yeah. Australian film began in Queensland and some shot in London apparently so uh, yeah I think it looks very good solid cast uh, interested to find out the full mystery uh, so Apple's Never Fall will release in full on March 14th Next trailer is for American Dreamer, directed by Paul Dektor, starring Peter Dinklage, Shirley MacLaine, Kim Quinn, Danny Pudi, Danny Glover, and Matt Dillon. Dr. Phil Loder, a low-level adjunct professor of economics at Harvard, has always dreamed of owning a home. His wish becomes a possibility when a lonely widow offers Phil her sprawling estate for pennies. The deal, however, is too good to be true. Dylan, what do you think of the trailer for American Dreamer? Yeah, it looks very funny. So I'm going to double thumbs up. Um, Peter Dinklage falling out of windows, breaking things, <laughs> saving this woman's life, even though he doesn't really want to. There's a family. I don't know. It looks like dark humor to the, you know, I can get a, I can, I can get a board. So yeah, double thumbs up came for this. Yeah, two thumbs up from me. It's interesting uh, conceit. Apparently it's based on like a story from This American Life. So like, okay. This is an actual, probably real life scenario yeah. where this lady has sold her house um, to somebody. Uh, so she sells the, her house to this guy, but she's going to live in it with him mm-hmm. until she d- passes away. Mm-hmm. But it turns out her will is going to be contested. So the kids think, you know, they'll have their own, you know, they'll be able to claim the house despite her selling it to yeah, her. Yeah, it's like one of those things, like, imagine how that works out. Like, what, like, so if she does die, it's like, what, legally they have to sell it or to solve it? Or, like, I don't know, in America, do they just, like, fight? I don't know. Like, what's... It's like, yeah. It's just this guy getting him into a silly situation and, like, just the scene of him, like, crying at the end. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, it, you know, Peter Dinklage, he's fantastic. So I'm very keen to check this one out. 
Uh, it is releasing in America on the 8th of March. There is no Australian release date. I feel like he hasn't done a comedy for a long time. Like, straight up comedy. Uh, he was in that... Um, we watched a trailer last year, I want to say, for something. Do we? The, the one where his muse is... He, uh, Peck says... <laughs> it's going to sound weird. What uh, this, the one about? where he has sex with the uh, dock, or the boat captain, and then he writes a musical about it, and then she starts stalking him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you would remember. Nah. She came to me. Right, I don't remember yeah. that at all. With uh, Marissa Tomei and Anna Hathaway. No. See? Did I like it? As soon as you finish watching the trailer, talking about it, out of your memory. Out the, out the yeah. Area, you know? Last trailer for this week is The Sympathizer, uh, developed by Park Chan Wook and Don McKellar, starring Hoa Zonde, uh, Fred Nguyen Khan, Tony Lee, Kyu Chin, Sandra O. Oh, and Robert Downey Jr. The series is based on the story of the captain as North Vietnam plant in the South Vietnam Army. He is forced to flee to the United States with his general near the end of the Vietnam War. While living within a community of South Vietnamese few refugees, he continues to secretly spy on the community and report back to the Viet Cong, struggling between his original loyalties and his new life. Dylan, what do you think of the trailer for The Sympathizer? Double thumbs up. Looks fantastic. Can't wait. Lots of talent involved in this one including Rob Down Jr. Rob Down Jr. Rob Down Jr. and Rob Downey Jr. Uh, but then can't part- believe they cloned him. Yeah, it's crazy. And then um part Chan Book directed uh, a couple episodes. Fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, two thumbs up from me. Um I mean it it's it's gonna be interesting how they tackle it and like because you're going to be questioning his loyalties the entire time as to which side he's going to be on yeah, I guess in the, the end, or which though, right? that's the point. Like, and that's kind of what they're pushing. Like, maybe the symbolism was a little bit over the top in this trailer, like with the constant like bringing up the two faces and that kind of constantly divided and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like hopefully it isn't that heavy handed in the show, but you know it works for this trailer. Um, yeah, Buck John Wood, uh being involved, like very involved in the process and obviously it being produced by a24 it all all signs point to it being very good it ticks a lot of boxes um and yeah robert Downey jr looks really good sandra looks really good uh yeah i'm very keen for this so this is releasing on binge 15th of april oh yeah a24 thing coming to australia let's go yeah at the same time as in america it's crazy let's go if only this that if only that was a constant Hey, Dylan, this week, what do you want to watch? Um, I would love to watch lots of things, but I don't believe any of what I was trying to quickly check to see if my, my cinemas decided to randomly play things, but let's find out together. Cause I, I think highly, it's too early in the week, probably. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Yeah, no, they've already got Thursday on there. That's why I think it's fine. Um, all right, so I would love to watch Driveway Dolls or The Zone of Interest. Mm-hmm. That'd be my two picks. I got nothing for TV. Um, yeah, I got nothing for you. There you go. I got, I'm not watching anything this week uh, because none of those things are showing here. Uh, but you know, they would. They'd be love. I'd love to watch those things. Yeah, I will be seeing to driveway dolls. Good for you. <laughs> uh, but next Tuesday, so before the next episode comes out, 
American Fiction will be on Prime Video. So we can watch that. Uh, on the TV front, look forward to it, yeah. I'm morbidly curious to watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, my interest in the show has decreased somewhat rapidly. <laughs> oh, my, no, my expectations for the show have dropped rapidly. Mm, uh, every time they open their mouth to talk mm-hmm. about the show. Um, but then also next Tuesday, Shogun, the FX series, uh, releases first episode on Disney+. Plus. So I'm excited for that. So that's a lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff you can check out in cinemas this week uh, if they play where mm. you are. Yeah. Let us know what you want to watch this week by going to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter or jump into Discord at explosionnetwork.com slash Discord. If you want to help us out here at what I want to watch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser, leave us five stars and you can leave five stars or just tell people about the show. And if you've enjoyed this episode, uh, enjoyed all our Christopher Nolan horror movies that you should direct, I thought that was all worth a dollar, head on over to our Kofi page at explosion.com slash support. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, Keep watching stuff, I guess.